All right, folks, welcome back into the high school huddle, your one-stop shop for everything Section 5 sports. I'm AJ Feldman. He's always Carl Jones. We're bringing you all the insight, the analysis you got. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on RochesterFirst.com and YouTube. And Carl, we've got one weekend left in the winter sports season. The uh, the grind is almost coming to an end before, you know, starts back up for the spring. Man, it's been a blast, though. I, I really enjoy being indoors, first and foremost. Really enjoy yes. it. We love, we love the, we love walls. We're big fans of walls here on the podcast. Walls, ceilings, floors, the whole 10 yards. Not even the whole nine yards. We got the whole 10 yards. We love our walls. All of that, man. I've just been really excited uh, this entire, this entire way. Been some great games. I've seen a lot of talented uh, boys and girls and all, on all the sports, hockey, uh, bowling covered the one time, uh, cheerleading, you know, swimming, wrestling, Little Nordic Alpine action. We're getting on the Section Five vest. We got it all. Exactly. So the fact that it's coming to an end this weekend is a little bittersweet. Uh, but man, I mean, what a better space, better stage for you to show out than the uh, than the state final four. So I'm I'm looking forward to see how this all, all transpires over the the, uh, the weekend. Yeah, and we will be there at the uh, the state final four girls basketball. We got our four teams going. We'll be previewing that later in the podcast with uh, Jeff Maliner of Empire State Takeover. Um, you've probably seen him on Twitter. You've probably, you know, subscribing to his website or following his website um, all over on social media, driving all across the state, covering all these games. The man knows his stuff, um, and you're going to hear that later in the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate Jeff coming on the show. Um, we'll talk more about those uh, far west, or uh, excuse me, the state semifinal games uh, later up in the show. But uh, first, we're locking in on a winner. We both had some great action we got to cover this past weekend at the uh, – the Far West Regionals for both boys and girls basketball. For hockey, it was the state final four. Um, I'll start off with my action. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the hockey first. We're going to get into a little basketball uh, later. But, um, you know, Victor and Thomas, both back in the state final four. Both supposed, supposed to go there two years ago, didn't get their chance. This time around, they both fought their hearts out, but uh, a couple of heartbreaking losses there. Victor suffering a 1-0 defeat to West Geneseo. And then uh, Webster Thomas losing 2-1. to to star point um just a really you know both really tight physical games you know that victor game uh, really low score obviously low scoring 1-0 but not a ton of chances in that first period that was just a real feeling out period second period opened up a little bit and then started the third period west genesee got a power play um from the beginning or the end of the second period they started out the third had a great little play there they got their goal and victor just really couldn't get a ton of momentum there wasn't even you know there, you know, there was a little bit of a push at the end, but there wasn't like a massive push with the empty net. Uh, didn't, you know, didn't take a ton of great saves. So, you know, just Victor couldn't find the offense there. And then Webster Thomas, uh, the Titans, I actually got there um, basically as the first goal was being scored late in the second period, uh, mid to late second period. Um, you know, the shots on goal was a big disparity for star point. They were, it was like 26 to four or five at some point, just really seemed like a blowout. Um, and then that third period when I was actually there, it was a competitive game, you know, whatever Thomas, you know, maybe giving up that goal, helped them open up a little bit. Um, uh, folks at home. I'm sorry. Von Miller just signed with the bills. I'm sorry, but uh, continue. Von Miller just signed with the Buffalo bills. Sorry, folks. I uh, didn't want to, um, didn't want to. Uh, oh my goodness. A but, uh, six year deal for 120 million. Wow. That's, that's a lot of money. I know this is a high school podcast, everyone, but that's <laughs> huge news in Western New York. So I had to uh, talk, look at that real quick. Wow. Before. We get this live reaction of. 
Yeah, look at this. He got the um, up on Instagram right now, um, tweeting out he's coming to the Bills. Wow, that is a lot. I mean, not a lot of money, but that is just a wow. No, you know, people were, you know, I was also in that camp of, you know, man, we, we they just can't, you know, reshuffle the the decks on the <laughs> the ship to to get things, you know, over the over the Chiefs. Wow, that's what they needed. Sorry, Jerry Hughes. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge get, and man, we'll see if he can uh, reel up some of that magic that we saw in the postseason. But nonetheless, back to our uh, uh, our amazing hockey coverage that unfortunately came to an end this weekend. <laughs> yeah, man, six years, one hundred twenty. There, I, I can't wait to see what the the numbers on there because Von Miller signing a six year deal that's got to be a lot of funny money at the end and voided years and whatnot. Well, He's, the way, dude, uh, dude's like I think he's thirty three. Yeah, the way Andrew Brandt describes everything for me this weekend is. If it's a five-year deal, it's really a two-year deal. So, I mean, if it's a six-year deal, I'm assuming yeah, it's really he's he's 32. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. So look at that. All right. Good luck, Patrick Mahomes, um, and company, and and literally all 12 AFC quarterbacks that are really good. So yeah, they needed someone like that. Okay. All right. So back to the Thomas Titans. Uh, hockey thing we're gonna leave that in there we're gonna get let people get our reaction to that i can't wait i am gonna jiff the hell out of your eyes bulging up at the von miller news it was classic <laughs> if you're one. listening on spotify go to rochesterfirst.com go to our twitter feed see carl jones eyes light up with von miller signs with the I, buffalo bills i look to my right and i and i try my best not to look at my phone but i'm i'm like why is my phone blowing up and it's my friends like and then it was two Twitter notifications. I was like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me go on my laptop. And then Von Miller Bills. Yeah, because because uh, like five minutes, yeah, five minutes ago, the Bills, uh, um, they, they sent out the tweet that they officially signed Daquan Jones. And I'm like, I know Carl ain't doing that for Daquan Jones. Unless there's another Daquan Jones that I, I'm not aware of. No. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not familiar with that man. All right. So, uh, yeah. All right. Von Miller. All right, go Bills. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, Thomas. Third period, they they did have s- some chances. Um, they they got they got a goal, um, shot from the point. They got a post late in the game, but um, it, it was actually a really controversial sequence late in the game. Um, it it you know Thomas had a check a cross check from behind, kind of on the boards. Um, they they whistled for a, a penalty, which I thought was a fair penalty to call on Thomas but they sent the star point kid to the box first. And he like chilled out for the there for like 30 seconds as they're figuring this out. And then he left the box and no one was in the box for like two minutes. And then the Thomas kid comes back into the box. So it went from seemingly Thomas was getting the power play to they were on the penalty kill and they eventually let up the game winning goal. So really weird sequence. I don't even know what happened there, but they got high um, school review. They got review in high school hockey. Like what's going on? They don't have review in high school hockey, uh, but something happened. I don't know what miscommunication. Cause I, I didn't see a penalty on the star point. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing that it shouldn't have been a Thomas penalty. I mean, certainly, you know, there's two minutes left in the game. They, 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 uh, they swallowed their whistles a little bit, but I, I was fine with the penalty being called there, but just the way everything happened was, was really weird. Um, so yeah, that is the end of our, um, high school hockey season, Thomas and Victor falling up short in the state final four. They're all, they're both bringing back a lot of forces. So, uh, we'll see what they can do next year as well. Uh, just yeah. so I don't have to talk for 25 minutes here in a row, Carl, we'll go back over to you for the girls basketball action, uh, where the girls, they showed out, they, uh, they stepped up. 
a lot of these games that we thought might have been uh, closer than they were, uh, our girls had other ideas. Man, I had once again, shout out to the hockey teams. I really had fun covering you guys this year, exposing me to the ice. Man, it was fun, and I can't wait to see y'all back on the ice again next uh, next fall and winter. But nonetheless, the girls, they did their thing, and they showed out, started out with Class AA with Carney. Um, uh, Mary, Mary Margaret Johnson last week told us that Lancaster was going to bring it, and sure they did. But Carney said, don't care about none of that. We're going to bring it too. And whoo, Carney, I, I think the thing that stands out about them, I know everyone talks about how well they play, how fast they play, you know, the press, all that. You have to really look at their roster and, and realize that they're doing this with a bunch of under like underclassmen. Like there's a bunch of eighth, ninth, and tenth graders out there. Kaya Good is legit. She's she's as good as it gets at five two, which makes it even more remarkable. But this team is young, and they can they run up and down the court. And I feel like they have this naivety to them that mm, oh well, like we don't have really much expectations. We're young, like all right, whatever. We, like, we don't know what's supposed to happen here, so we're just going to go out there and play. And you can kind of tell when they're out there hooping and doing their thing. So, I mean, shout out to the Kings. They did their thing this week. I can't wait to see how that transpires in the Final Four. Um, class A, um, as AJ would like to say, Menden did Menden type things. That game was kind of over before it um, started uh, to, to be respectful as I can to the opposing team in that one. Uh, it, I believe it was a 30-point lead at halftime. Menden I mean, every other game, there's someone else who does their thing. I mean, this uh, this week it was Lily Kennedy dropping 26. Um, she was in transition, shooting the three ball, uh, a couple of middies. I mean, she was explosive per usual. Uh, Nia Coleman, I mean, she's just a, a handful. I mean, she's out there doing her thing. Uh, that team right there, I haven't seen clearly the other teams in, in Class A. I will be very hard-pressed to believe that the uh, – the rest of the state can handle Menden. And uh, so we'll see how that transpires uh, at the state tournament. And in class B and C, uh, Waterloo, once again, showing that they're really, really darn good. I believe they're on a 39-game uh, winning streak now uh, to advance to the state tournament. It was only a seven-point lead at the half. And um, as, we, as we learned earlier, uh, we'll learn later in this podcast, um, Lupor kind of had a different strategy in how they were going to guard uh, Waterloo. You know, they tried their best to stop Gia inside. And then everyone else said, all right, cool. Giving us an opportunity to step up and do our thing. So um, if you guys just thought this was a one, uh, one girl band, you've been wildly mistaken. They, they're clearly a well-oiled machine. Uh, so we'll get to see them on the biggest stage and they'll take on some very formidable opponents down there in class B that you guys will learn about later. And the last but not least, uh, the Lady Bombers, East Rochester, uh, it's happy to see them. I'm always good for the, I don't want to say underdog stories, but the schools that haven't really been here before. And they're one of those teams, the first time in school history, boys or girls to get to this point. Um, obviously Sam Lewis is the, is the head of the snake, but they have a bunch of other girls, the Eldridge sisters, uh, Lily Funk. It's a bunch of girls that make that engine go. Uh, so we'll see if they can keep this magic alive in the, uh, in the state tournament, but I had a blast this weekend, man. I really, I really, really did. Uh, and, and convincing fashion in all the games. Yeah, definitely. Our top team showed out for sure. They'll be uh, trying to win some state titles. Honestly, we've got four teams going. I'm not going to say that we're going to win four state titles, but two or three would not be out of the realm of possibility. So we'll see exactly how they fare. Um, we'll talk about that more coming up later with Jeff from uh, Empire State Takeover. Over on my side and the boys' side, you know, I saw the hockey teams lose. Saw a lot of boys' basketball teams lose again. I was the jinx uh, this weekend. 
And really, um, you know, the four games I saw, Avoca Prasberg did win in Class D, number one. Uh, we've talked about them before. Did not get to get that, did not get to cover them. Uh, that was uh, when Victor was going as well, um, Victor Hockey. So uh, congrats to Avoca Prasberg going on to state. Um, but the four games I did get to see, Newark couldn't really just get anything going in that Class B game. Uh, they lost to Allegheny Limestone. Uh, could never really seemingly find their shooting touch. Uh, they were trying to use their physicality to get inside. Uh, only so much you can do when the shots aren't falling. Uh, the other three games, uh, you got Avon, you had Pittsburgh Menden, and then uh, you had Aquinas. Both lost by two. All three of those teams lost by two points, both right down to the wire. They both made all of them made some really nice pushes. Um, you know, Menden was down. Uh, they were down like 10 or 11 midway through the fourth quarter. And then they were down seven with like a minute 10 to go. They pushed back right to the, to the wire. They got a, a look at the last shot. Didn't fall. Um, Avon made two great pushes. Um, they had a, uh, I believe it was like a 10, like a 10 11 run before that they had back back threes. They really dominated that fourth quarter. Just, um, Salamanca hit the threes when they could, uh, Salamanca had some really good players. I was really impressed watching them play. Um, but, uh, you know, just Avon came up a little bit short and then Aquinas against Jamestown. Um, you know, Aquinas, they, they've got some really talented athletes, really talented basketball players, but, th- but in this game against Jamestown, um, you know, they finally found a team that could match them in their physicality. And now that Jamestown team, you know, we talked about with Mary Margaret Johnson, a bunch of the same football players. I was wondering if these were going to be, you know, like football players playing football, like you see at the, you know, you know, the rec center when they come in and we're like, all right, you know, we're going to start taking over here. We're just bigger athletes than you. We're just going to toss the ball up, get some rebounds and play basketball that way. It was not that way. They were skilled. They could shoot, they could pass, they could press. Um, they really, um, you know, Aquinas by no means is a, you know, you know, they're a very physical team, but they, they kind of met their match. And I think it kind of threw them for a loop a little bit. Um, but uh, they had a, they had a furious charge at the end. They were down like seven points with 15 seconds to go. And they got almost a chance to win the game. Um, Jamestown did actually did a really good job of hitting their free throws um, through that whole sequence. Um, that game could have been a lot crazier if, uh, you know, we missed some front ends of some one and ones uh, in these games we've seen so far, but um, yeah, boys basketball, um, a big offer on the games that I covered, Volker Prattsburg, the lone Section 5 uh, representative. So uh, they're going to do their best to, uh, you know, carry the torch for Section 5 here. Yeah, and when you sent back all the highlights from those games, I I know everyone came up short, but I had fun calling those games because, man, it, I mean, those <laughs> they were like, really – they were great games. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at, like, the, especially the Aquinas and the Avon finishes. Menden as well. I saw, my bad. Menden as well. I mean, those three finishes, I'm like – I mean, don't get it twisted. Your season comes to an end. I know you're hurt, but man, if you want to talk about leaving it all out there, you know, emptying the, the, the tank, those three teams did. So I got to give them big kudos for literally playing until the, the buzzer ended in all those games. Yeah, that Aquinas game, just um, just one too many chances um, that they gave up, um, you know, on the offensive board, Jamestown picking up those rebounds. Um, really, really kind of cost them the end. So uh, I'm sure they're going to be doing quite a few extra box out drills uh, this offseason. So, uh, we are down to uh, to down to Volca Prattsburg. Yeah, so hopefully they can hold the torch. The Avoca Prattsburg Prattsburgers, because they don't have a real name. So <laughs> they're just Avoca Prattsburg. They just joined this year. They have not come up with a cool name. They're just Avoca Prattsburg. Um, <laughs> the Avoca Prattsburgs. The Avoca Prattsburg basketball team. Gotcha. Okay. Exactly. They're, uh, they're washing them before the commanders. <laughs> All right, now it is time to bring in our special guest, uh, Jeff Maliner of uh, Empire State Takeover, bringing all the uh, 
high school girls basketball coverage. Uh, just a really great resource for all of us. You're going to hear it uh, on our show. Where we're really lucky to have him on to break down all these games. Um, you know, Carl's going down there. Sure, prep the hell out of him for what he's going to see. So uh, we appreciate him, him coming on. Uh, we'll get to that interview right now. All right. And as we mentioned, we are welcome to bring in uh, Jeff Maliner from Empire State Takeover. Knows anything and everything about girls basketball here to break down the, uh, the state tournament coming up this weekend. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we got a really exciting week of girls basketball. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've had the state tournaments. It's good to be back. I know you're probably uh, inc incredibly excited as uh, excited as our players to get back to the state tournament here. Absolutely. And it's nice. I, I always enjoy this time of year because I'm just kind of traveling around all year, but, you know, especially during the winter. It's a little nutty. And I live 15, 20 minutes from Hudson Valley. So that's driving around all year. And when, you know, when the far West comes around the section five team, you know, the section five teams at one, I'm like, all right, see you in my backyard. Especially, uh, especially with the gas prices these days, a good week to have this. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't. If you follow Jeff on Twitter, you see, he is uh, driving all across the state. He's got uh, frequent flyer miles on the, on the throughway for sure. So uh <laughs> <laughs> we can see the look at his face right now. So uh, I know yeah, we all appreciate yeah. his, uh, his coverage. So uh, thank yeah, God so for we the will... longevity of Corollas. Exactly. Yes, I can speak to that myself. The longevity and the, uh, the gas mileage as well. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So we will get started here. We're going to go in chronological order of the, uh, the girls basketball weekend. Um, as we all know, Section 5 has four teams in the States. Um, we're starting off with uh, the Class A matchup, which... You know, these are all going to be great matchups, but this might be one of the best of the weekend. You've got Menden and then uh, Tappan Z out of section one. Both teams coming in at 24 and one. Um, you know, I talked to Menden earlier this week, just went out to practice. They said this thing was going to be a war. They're preparing for a war. Um, Jeff, I saw you on Twitter. You called it a clash of the Titans. Is this kind of our de facto state championship game here? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily look past Averill Park on the other side. I don't. Menden came out here and gave it to him over the holiday break, but you know, they were to be fair, April Park was missing their starting point guard and they were missing their head coach COVID protocol where no team I've seen, or there's no team in New York that rallies around their head coach like April Park does. So they kind of look lost without those two, but so I wouldn't necessarily look past them on the other side, but I mean, this is, this is a clash of, you know, this is the one that people are looking for. Uh, yeah, it, it's probably going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Again, uh, Menden's in interesting territory because they've went you know, like they're a juggernaut, right? They've went through all year dominant against the vast majority of their competition. A lot of their competition has been good. It's not like they've been playing burgers all year. They've they've had a lot of good teams on their schedule that they've run through the vast majority of it. I was in the gym for their only loss, so hopefully I'm not bad luck. But uh, they're now this is probably the first time or one of the first times that they're coming in, like, all right, this is going to be a dogfight for 32 minutes. Uh, Tap and Z is a group that they're, they have talent. Like, I don't want to take away from the fact that they have talent by saying the next thing, but it's almost like the sum is greater than the parts. Uh, they 
They've got, and they have that individual talent, Ariana Kupi, 5'11", really athletic, difficult matchup, versatile. Uh, uh, Dana Phelan's going to play Division II ball next year at Staten Island, uh, kind of a combo guard, does a lot of everything, but she's, a, she's an impact scorer for them. But they've, they play very well together. They're scrappy. They play really hard. Uh, they will probably be the best team that Menden has seen on the defensive end this year. So that'll be, you know, for a Friday 10 a.m. game. Honestly, part of those, like Friday 10 and the Saturday 9, some of it also comes down to who's awake. You know, who, who actually, those are the games where somebody tends to lay an egg. And if neither team does, which the way that they are, I don't think, you know, I think either, I think both teams will be there mentally and physically. Uh, that could be, that could be the best game of the weekend or one of the best, should be one of the best games of the weekend. It's funny you mentioned the defense because that's what um, I was talking to uh, Anaya Coleman. She specifically singled out like defensively, they do a lot of the same stuff we do with their, you know, their rotations, their help tendencies, things like that. So we'll talk about a little bit about their defensive, uh, you know, side of the ball and just kind of what makes them so dangerous there. Um, I mean, beyond, I think it goes, and pardon me with saying this because I'm, I'm kind of a basketball nerd, or at least I fancy myself as one with the X's and O's and stuff like that, but it goes beyond that with that. Like I look more at they're they're a unit defensively. Uh, they work as a team. They put five kids out on the court to get after it. They put five kids out on the court that are mentally focused and physically engaged and get after it every possession. And they've yeah from a from a rotational standpoint, from you know just the X's and O's piece, they they're always you know they tend to be in the right spots and. They're, they're taking teams out of their primary options, primary actions pretty consistently. But they just, especially at the high school level, teams can think they get after it on the defensive end, but they're not really locked in every possession. Uh, Tappan Z is one of those rare teams that they're locked in every possession. Every, every, if you're going to score on them, you got to work pretty much every time. And that'll be interesting because not many teams execute in the half court the way Mendes so should be fun yeah and um in terms of the the experience i saw this is tappanzi's first time in the state final four you know obviously menden is menden they're the juggernaut um do you think that could play some point of an impact or does tappanzi just have so many horses that you really don't think you know the stage is going to be too much for them this weekend i usually think that's played out the whole the first time if you've because I think there's ways to make up for it from an experience standpoint, not entirely. You know, obviously there, there are some nerves that come into it. I think there's nerves that come into it even if it's your third time thing or your fourth time, or if you're a section two team that will be, which we've section two has got four of them, just like uh, five does where they play their finals at Hudson Valley. Some will play their semifinals. Like there's going to be teams that play, this will be their fourth game there this year. Uh, I still like there's still some level of nerves, but if you can make up for it in other ways, if you played in that sort of environment, like maybe a neutral site environment where there's not the walls behind the basket, uh, where it messes with the depth perception, or if you've played a higher level of competition throughout the year, you've scheduled up where you played 
uh, opponents that have that sort of team speed. Now, there's ways to make up for it. Uh, you know, I think that this Tappan Z crew, they're, they're, I don't think that, that that first time stigma will affect them like maybe it could some others. Definitely. Uh, it's certainly a matchup I know uh, we'll be looking forward to. And then the other side of the bracket, um, West Babylon versus uh, Averill Park. Um, in terms of the state rankings, West Babylon 13th, uh, Averill Park 3rd. So clearly um, they're, um, you know, on paper, the favorites there. Um, I, you mentioned you were at that that Menning game where kind of, um, you know, uh, Menning kind of took it to Averill Park and obviously, like you said, missing a couple of pieces. Just what do they, um, what do they bring to the day table? Um, if they get a, a rematch with perhaps a Menden again, um, what, what do you see out of them uh, in a potential, uh, if, if they were to make it to that championship game? Um, I mean, yeah, the, they played each other for background. They played each other over the holiday break out here in the Albany area. Uh, and uh, Menden whooped. I think the final score was 52 to 25. They were, AP was missing their starting point guard. who's going to LeMoyne next year. Uh, ankle injury. They were also missing their head coach, Sean Oregon, who was, I believe, in COVID protocol. Uh, and they, AP really, kind of relies on the head coach more than most teams. I think they focus their energy around what he brings to the table uh, more so than probably any team that I've seen. So they, they look like a Menden is a on paper. Menden is a little bit better of a team. I think the Avril Park people that listen to this kill me for saying that. I mean, they are, they are a little bit, they're a little deeper, a little better on paper, but that 52 to 25 is a little, uh, what AP brings, they've got, they're a little deeper than usual as far as getting six or seven that can produce for them. They definitely have a big three. Uh, Amelia Wood, versatile six-footer, and, you know, plays out on the perimeter, but she's got the strength and athleticism and willingness to be physical to bang around the rim. She's going to play Division One ball with her older sister next year at Sacred Heart. Uh, Michalina Lombardi, the point guard, who's going to LeMoyne. And then Taylor Hollihan, who's a sophomore that's getting a lot of Division One stuff now, another six-footer, long, kind of a stretch four, can step out and shoot three, finishes at the rim, uh, very good rim protector, probably one of the one of the better shot blockers that I've covered ever, you know, in my years of doing this. Uh, will there, knowing AP, will there be, they'll, if they get there and if Menden gets there, they will treat it like every other opponent but then in, in the back of their heads you know there's a little bit of revenge on their minds uh could could they potentially win yeah uh i would just anticipate it to be considerably more competitive than 52 to 25. gotcha 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 can't wait to see how class a shakes out uh men has been formidable all year but clearly they got three other teams that they got to worry about in that bracket as well but the 130 game, Class AA, the big dogs, uh, starting with uh, Bishop Carney taking on Corning out of Section 4. Carney, uh, I mean, they're ranked third in the state. Uh, first, if you exclude the teams that are from the NYC area and the Catholic school teams. 16 game winning streak, clearly, they're a very talented team to get, getting back to this point. But they're up against a Corning team that's ranked 13th in the state and had an interesting path to get here. You saw them in the regional final. I think the nugget that I found most interesting about their path, they won their last three points. I mean, last three games, excuse me, by a combined six points, which is yep. absurd for this time of year. They clearly know how to win late. 
talk about their run down the stretch and how they got to this point. There's two kinds of teams that once we get to this time of year, that regardless of what conventional wisdom might say, I, I will never look past. One of one kind is a team that's got a transcendent individual star that can take over a game. And the other is a team that's playing with house money, you know, effectively. And Corning doesn't have that transcendent star, but they're playing with house money. Uh, you know, this is their this is their first time here. This is the first time I think a section four team has made it to Hudson Valley and the in double A in eleven years, I think. Wow. Uh, usually that's that that one four nine region has been dominated by one recently, especially with Austin and the run that they had. But I knew that they would be good coming in. I think everyone knew that they would be, or every, everyone that covered like, you know, that that area and paid attention to girls basketball knew they would be pretty good. The fact, you know, out of the 20 teams that are left, they're one of the biggest surprises that they're here, that they're here at this point. Uh, not maybe even the biggest surprise, but if not, they're definitely one of the biggest surprises. Uh, not a shock that they got to the finals at all. Moderate upset that they beat Elmira. And then some other things worked out in their favor on the other side of the bracket with 1-9. Like it's the first time Section 1 got knocked out. Some, you know, they got knocked out in some regions. It's the first time they got knocked out, you know, that that 11-year period. Uh, uh, Albertus Magnus, who may be the most talented group in section one they got knocked out in section one finals so then when warwick corning played each other corning probably played 16 of its best minutes of basketball in the first half and warwick probably played 16 minutes of its worst basketball in the first half so and and some i don't not all of it had to do with each not all of one had to do with all of the other did, did corning play into it yeah corning played it they were active on the defensive end they move, you know, the ball moves quicker than the player. And they spent the first half moving the ball in the half court as well as any team I've seen this year. And Warwick is a generally an active, well-coached, uh, the well-coached group that gets after it. And they looked a step slow. And I don't think necessarily, they may not have been a step slow by their standards, but Corning's got ball movement, player movement where they're, getting seven, eight passes off and the ball was in both sides of the court, 15 second possession. They get, you know, you do that, you're going to consistently get good looks. They're playing some of their best basketball right now. Um, make no mistake, like Carney's a clear favorite here. And, and not to give bulletin board material or anything like that, but, you know, that's looking at Carney versus Corning. Carney is a clear favorite. But Corning, that's kind of familiar territory for Corning, at the, you know, over the last couple of weeks, too. Like, Elmira was, you know, they, I think a lot of people counted them out against Elmira. When I saw they won that game, it wasn't a shock, but I could also tell you the exact spot on Rush Henry at a court that I was standing when I looked at my phone and saw, you know, 46-44 or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, shoot, okay. But Corning got them. Uh, but they have, as far as the actual matchup goes, they have it's they almost look the way that they play in it and from a stature standpoint, they almost kind of look like Carney, minus Cadence Hadley and Alley. <laughs> like they put a bunch of kids out on the court that are like five, four to five, eight. 
uh, good guards, athletic guards, high IQ. Uh, their point guard, Alyssa Dobson, is one that I really like, who kind of keeps the machine oiled, can score when needed. Uh, the other kid that had a really nice game performing against Warwick was uh, Jenna Donardo. It's just a, a high-level athlete. She's a junior that's – basketball's not her number one sport. I think she's committed to Virginia for lacrosse. But, you know, just that just that high-level athlete. They play together. Same Similar sort of – they play together. They're scrappy. They're relatively consistent. Uh, and, again, they're playing with house money at this stage. Got you, got you. And talking about Carney a little bit more specifically here, the entire year AJ would tell me, oh, well, they're playing a bunch of out-of-town teams. So we don't know how good they actually are. We'll see what they do come sectionals time and playoff time to see how they stack up with the rest of the, of the section. And news to me, they lost a lot off of last year's team as well. So for them to get back to this point is very impressive. And the fact that they've kind of like handled business down the stretch here, I, you've seen them a few times this year. What is what makes them tick and what makes them so impressive this year with this new iteration of the Kings? I think a lot of people just didn't realize how good these young kids were. <laughs> you know, that's obviously they graduated. You know, Saniah Wilson, Mariana Friedman, Taylor Norris, three Division One players, and Camille Ray. Uh, but this next crop coming up was they're ready for the moment. And uh, Kaya Good's really good at basketball. Like that. The joke has been I, made many, just, many times on air. That's for sure. Huh? Yeah. Like we, just, we've made the fun very, very many times. Like she's just really good at that. That's and it is what it is. Like Kaya is a very good basketball player, and maybe there are people out there that look at the fact that she's like five two on a good day and just. Mm. You know, just kind of look past her a little bit. The kid can hoop. And, and, and not only can she play, she can lead a high-level team. She's a winner. She can lead a high-level team that has young players that are very talented, but they're also learning how to win. She can lead that sort of group. Where, yeah, they played, they played a lot of out-of-town of, out of teams. I, how, I don't know how much of that was them choosing to play out-of-town. I don't know how many you know, there might be teams that might not want to play them locally. Uh, you know, it's, it is what it is, but they're, yeah, that young crew coming up is very talented. They have a high level player. That's also a winner and a great leader and Kaya and guard skill take you a long way. You know, when you have four kids, you know, you've, along with Kaya, we've got Amaya Jackson, you got Clarissa Good, uh, you got Anaya Rowe. Anaya Rowe, the way that they're playing her, she's such a matchup nightmare. You know, watching, and not just this one, but recency bias, bringing up the Lancaster game where Lancaster goes zone and they allow her to work in the first half out of the high post. She's she's a zone buster. If she's, and she's a guard, she's a zone buster if she's working out of the high post. She finishes well at the rim, she's crafty around the rim. She makes decisions. She makes good decisions. She makes quick decisions. Uh, when you have that amount of kids that have skill with the basketball in their hands, can get to spots on the court and can dictate the tempo and pace of the game, they're a tough team to beat. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree with that. It'll be interesting to see if Corny can pull off the upset. Uh, but on the other side of the AA bracket, we have Baldwin out of the Long Island area and then uh, Cicero North Syracuse, CNS. Um, CNS, this is their first time being to this stage since they had Brianna Stewart. And I think we all know uh, her greatness, and what she's done for the for the uh, for the sport. But just talk about CNS and what have they done to turn uh, turn a tie here, so to speak, and how they've gotten to this point. Um. You know, it, it's it hasn't necessarily always been pretty for CNS, but they know how to win. They know they execute. They know how to win games late. They have a coach that's been there, which that makes a difference. Their, their current coach, Rob Seichen, was the coach of James with the Whip fame when they had their string in recent years of Class A state final fours and, and state finals, state championships. They had a couple of really good rumbles with Benton over the years. Uh, but CNS presents an interesting, there, it's an interesting matchup because you don't often see, you, you see a lot of backcourt players, see a lot of good guards, and then you'll see some, you know, at the high school level and you'll, often, you'll see some maybe dominant bigs. There aren't too many wing scorers like high level wing scorers uh cns has two high level wing scorers and wing players in alita carry santangelo and alexa kulikowski and they do two entirely different things so it's it's not like guarding two of the same thing alita is about five nine really long freak athlete dynamic athlete uh put the ball on the floor gets into the mid-range and just rises up she'll rise up over the top of somebody six two uh, just a, a a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams just because she does a good job of backing down and getting to her spots. And, you know, the only team, honestly, the only team, team that I have watched give her problems was Menden. And a double over, they, CNS came out to Menden on a Saturday. It was a double overtime game. And they gave her some issues because, like a, a Naya or somebody would kind of get under her chest and take a charge when she's trying to back somebody down from the mid post. And, and she got called for push off a couple of times and was on the bench, but uh, she's a, she's very difficult for teams to deal with just because of her ability to get to spots and rise over the top. Then on the other wing is Alexa Kulikowski, who's 5'11", six foot and a sniper. Just knockdown shooter, quick release. Uh, has done a better job has also moves off the ball now in, in years past it was where she was just a shooter and now she moves off the ball catches and finishes off the cuts gets out in transition really good job with dexterity as far as being able to catch on the move and quickly finish uh, that's just it's tough for teams to deal with because you don't see teams with that sort of makeup with with two distinct wing scorers that have their own skill sets and a team in CNS that they do a very nice job of executing in the half court and being able to get those kids some touches in advantageous spots, whether it's open look for Alexa or backdoor cut for Alexa or an ISO for Alita or whatever it may be. But they've done a nice job being able to dictate the tempo of the game, dictate the style of the game. They're not a team that's going to score in the 60s and 70s on any sort of consistent basis. They're they're more like a low to mid-50s team. And 
they do a nice job being able to dictate the tempo and make it so 55 can win the game. Gotcha, gotcha. This time of year, tempo definitely will win a lot of state titles. So now going over to the Saturday slate, another AAU start for those at home, another 9 a.m. start, those uh, going to Class C, ER, East Rochester taking on Millbrook. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. East ER's first trip in school history. Uh, to the final four in Millbrook. They've been here before. This is their fourth. Uh, they've won the sectional title four years in a row, unfortunately, due to COVID. They haven't been able to play at this stage in a minute. So it'll be interesting to see. This is the matchup of what if. And both teams are kind of um, off of last year's, uh, I guess, COVID-shortened season. Both teams were itching to get back to this point. But now it's here. So just talk about the fact that both teams kind of have like a little bit of added motivation to the fact that last year, they really, really wanted to get here, but it was outside of their hands, and now the opportunity is in front of them. Yeah, I mean, it was – Millbrook was going to get there, and and I would say East Rochester was at least a, a favorite as far as being able to get to Hudson Valley. And Millbrook, it would have taken – I don't know, it would have taken Jesus for them to not be able to make it to that point. Uh, and – they're they're in a different like the difference between last year and this year is and with all due respect to those two teams there would have been a clear favorite and it wouldn't have been either of them in the seats you know cambridge was still in their run with their dynamic senior class two division one basketball players and a third kid who's a, who would have been a scholarship player if she decided to go down that road but she's rowing at stanford uh, so you know, at a class C, like the the line that I had used because they won the 2019 state title, starting four sophomores and a freshman, and 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 nobody in C gave them a real game. And you know, the line that I had used with Cambridge was the only C that could stop it was Kobe. And you know, that was that last year there would have been a clear favorite. It would have been at the bare, you know, obviously. If if you want to lose your money, go bet on high school girls basketball. You never know what's going to happen. But <laughs> we're good at losing our money at other things to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a. It, it would have been good for them, obviously, to have the experience and then you know just lace them up and go play. You never know what's going to happen. But the difference between last year and this year was last year would have had that clear favorite, and this year I don't think has. You know, it, it's a. I, I think this is the most intriguing team, or I, I think this is the most intriguing class, pardon me, just because it's four teams that I could see all of them beating each other depending on how a game plays out. They all bring their different kind of flavor. Uh, but yeah, as far as, as far as the added motivation of being here, you know, that's East Rochester has that, you know, actually both of them. They have a, a crew of kids that have been around for two, three, in some cases, four years where they've, you know, th that's something over a, over a period that they would have counted on being to this point. So it's, it's been a long time coming for both. When researching this matchup, it's going to be interesting to see how ER East Rochester handles the inside game of Natalie Fox and Emily Grassler, who are, they put up some big numbers in the paint. Uh, ER, although they, they get in transition a lot. They haven't really played any, I guess, formidable presence inside. So talk about, I guess, the contrasting styles. ER likes to get up and down. 
Sam Lewis, obviously great in transition, but clearly Millbrook has some two studs uh, underneath that's going to make that pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah, and that's how each how each of the four teams kind of bring their own flavor. Millbrook brings that star presence in Natalie Fox. Then she's the I mean she's the highest level prospect at this point that's left in the season. She's one of the highest level prospects there this week. Six three sophomore. She already got about eight to ten Division one offers. Uh, and she's she's a difficult matchup. Score with her back to the basket, can face up, stretch the perimeter, runs the floor pretty well, especially for uh, for size and age. And she's added some strength. You know, she was I love her to pieces, but you know, in her younger days, she was a little soft around the rim. And she's added some strength. She's added some, you know, she, she's physically and mentally matured where she can bang around the rim. She's willing to take some physicality. She won't dish some dish out some physicality too. And yeah, that makes the fact that Natalie is that sort of presence. Emily Grassler would be the best forward on a lot of teams here. That a lot of teams that are still playing. But the fact that Natalie's there makes her even more dangerous because she doesn't get as much of the attention because of Natalie. Uh, but Emily, six footer, athletic. Similar sort of thing. Score with her back to the basket. She's a little more comfortable facing up and using her athleticism. Uh, gets after her on the glass. Gets off the floor well. They're both, you know, they're both double double threats pretty much every every time out. That's, yeah, that is something that East Rochester, where East to me East Rochester, the thing that they bring in comparison to the other four teams, is the fact they're just kind of good at everything. You know, they're Dwaynesburg has its specialty. Newark Valley kind of has its specialty or the thing that pops off the map. Millbrook has the star power front court presence. Uh, and they've, Millbrook has added balance. Now, I don't want to just say Natalie and Emily, and that's it. Uh, you know, they've added some balance, especially as they've moved on to Class C play because throughout this, the league that they play in, they're playing a lot of Bs and As. And Coach Peek will, do what he can to kind of schedule up and play some stiffer non-league competition. So as they've moved on to Class C play, that production has become a little bit more balanced with some of their guards. But what like East Rochester, they're just kind of the jack of all trades. They're not the best shooting team of the four, but they got some kids that can shoot. They're not the biggest team of the four, but they got some size. Uh, you know that all that sort of. You know, that sort of with the positional balance and the ability to kind of nickel and dime you and get production from different players in different ways. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it'll be it'll be a matchup that East Rochester's never seen before. But to me, the game's kind of a toss up. I can see that. I, I pretty much wouldn't be surprised, no matter how that game goes. Definitely. Um, and then Class B, taking a look at the uh, the afternoon slate, 12.30 start. We've got Waterloo, who we've just been talking about all season long. You know, um, obviously, you know, they, they've played up here in, in Section 5. They've beaten the Canadawa. They've beaten Mercy, 25-0. and 0. Taking on Putnam Valley, um, who have just pulled off a big upset. They just beat uh, Locust Valley, who was previously undefeated, previously third-ranked. They've beaten 49-38 in the regionals. Um, what can they do to kind of pull off another big upset here? Yeah, uh, 
uh, out of the 20 teams that are left, I might be the least surprised that Waterloo's here. Like Waterloo and Medden might be about the two least surprising teams that they've made it to this point. And going back to the thing that I mentioned with Corning, where it was you know, the two types of teams that I'll never look past this time of year, regardless of what conventional wisdom might say, Putnam Valley's two for two there. They've, they're playing, you know, to an extent, they're playing with house money first time around, first time making it to this point. It's possible that they would have made it here a couple of years ago, but obviously COVID happened and then and they have. Uh, they beat Locust Valley. They beat Irvington in the, in the section one finals, which I think I would say Irvington, the average person probably thought Irvington was going to win that game. So to an extent, they're playing with some house money here. And they also have that transcendent star in Eva Deschet. Eva is Eva's about as talented as anybody that's left in any class. Uh, 5'11", supremely skilled guard. She's a junior that's already committed to Rhode Island, URI, University of Rhode Island which Section 5 tie-in, the time when I went to watch Putnam Valley in, in late January, who was sitting front row, but URI assistant, Megan Schoenecker, Reese Arcadia grad, 2,000-plus point scorer in Monroe County. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's a – Eva is – Eva's a star, just from an individual standpoint, where she's able to she's, – she's got the ability to take over a game. And I think her biggest progression individually is that she's developed lead she's developed leadership qualities and she's developed the ability to create for others and make her teammates better, which has amplified what a couple of the other players, you know, they're they're next to in line are both guards. So they've got that sort of guard depth that can take you a long way. And uh Amanda Orlando and Nye Torres. And a, the attention that Eva brings, and B, also her ability to create advantageous opportunities for others. That's kind of enhanced what Orlando and Torres have brought to them, especially, I'd say, over the last couple of months. Uh, on paper, you know, again, to call Waterloo a favorite would certainly not be a stretch. You know, what they bring to the table, and they bring their own individual kind of a, a, a nightmare individual matchup in Giovanna White Principio. And I think Blueport on Saturday kind of they fell victim to just uh they fell victim to overcompensating for G. Where there and I'm curious to see this is probably what what I'm the most curious about with this game is Putnam Valley is a smaller team too. You know that's with Blueport Sophie Hour is their biggest player. Who, sorry, Soph, love you. She's like five nine with the hair, and uh, that's Eva's Putnam Valley's biggest player at about five eleven, and she's more of a guard. So, I'm curious as to whether they'll, you know, those sorts of game. I think no matter what you do, G's going to kind of get hers. You know, especially in the half court, she's got pretty good hands. She catches and finishes. Uh, soft touch around the rim. Even you know now and then she steps out and knocks down three, but that's those these sorts of games like Blueport bum rushed her. 
threw bodies at threw two or three bodies at her. She still scored 16. And it's not like you're gonna, you know, smaller teams, it's not like you're gonna take her out of the picture. It just allowed, you know, that game it allowed uh Addison Bree to get off and knock down threes. It allows kids like Morgan Carabayo and Macy Carr to have more room to operate. Uh I'm, the thing I'm most curious about is how Putnam Valley can defend Waterloo. Are they're a smaller team? Are they going to do the same thing, or are they basically going to say, "All right, G, you're probably going to have 25 minutes. We're going to try and hold everybody else at 20 to 25, and if we don't score in the 50s, we don't deserve to win the game." So that's at least for me, that's what I'm the most curious about. But yeah, and to to call Waterloo favorite certainly would be a stretch uh, by any standards, but. Putnam Valley's got that star and they're they're playing free. Yeah, especially, you know, I've seen, you know, Waterloo a couple times here. Um, you know, you see them against some of these, you know, inexperienced teams, you know, just Waterloo's press. It just gets at you. I saw them in the the class B crossover game. They played a, a pretty talented mid-lake squad. They held them to zero points in the fourth or zero field goals in the fourth quarter. It was just a defensive presence. How can, you know, an Eva you know, handle that pressure that they throw at her, maybe use her size against some of the smaller guards that Waterloo has run around her. And like you said, maybe try and take over this game as a, you know, a transcendent type player. So they've got kids that can handle the ball and I hope that they don't overtrain. You know, that's a, because the way, you know, Waterloo with the zone press, they kind of want people to over dribble. They want people to try to take that wall on one. I hope, you know, just for Putnam Valley's sake, I hope that they don't do that. But if they're able to get into some one-on-one situation, that's Eva is, I mean, Eva's a very dynamic player with the ball in her hands. Very skilled, very good ball handler. She could, she could see over the top, you know, if, if zone press break, get into the middle of the floor, get it over top. You know, she she definitely could see over top of the smaller Waterloo guards. They, you know what, they might put her in the middle. Who knows? Because uh, they do have a couple other guards that have some skill in Orlando and Torres that can make some decisions. Maybe they even throw Eva in the middle of the of a press break and try to get it to her there where she can attack instead of, you know, basically dictating from the head of the press break. Uh, it's a, you know, that Waterloo press is a bear for a lot of teams. They're active, they're athletic, and they're tough. You know, they're, they're tough, they're scrappy, they, they, they bother teams, they frustrate guards, and they get in their heads a little bit. Um, so can Putnam Valley handle the – Putnam Valley could handle the press as long as they – just stay if they stay disciplined against it they have the guard skill to be able to do it but you know that you've seen that Waterloo press take down uh take down a few good teams in its recent day so yeah definitely and then um take a look at the other matchup uh general brown out of syracuse versus uh is it shalmont or is it shalmont shalmont gotcha shalmont uh, out of albany uh right near neck of the woods um We've actually, uh, you know, Shawmont's got a little uh, Section 5 competition uh, earlier this year. They beat Fairport, who, you know, obviously a really quality, you know, took Bishop Carney out of the wire, beat him 60-39. to 39. Um, I saw you were at that game. What the heck kind of happened there? 
Uh, they frustrated Fairport. That, that's, there's no, I think if, you know, I think the Fairport people would, would love that game, would love that game back. Um, they, they just, that was probably, and a lot of it was shell balls, but they, they frustrated the heck out of them. Uh, just ball hawk defensively. Get up on, get up into their chest. Uh, just beat them, let them know about it. <laughs> you know that whole kind of got in their heads a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think Fairport would like that game back, but that's the sort of thing when Shawmont playing well, that's what they can do. They have, and what's interesting in this matchup is General Brown has played against that transcendent star in the backcourt numerous times this year in uh, up in the Watertown area in Jackie Pittock. And Jackie Pittock is as good as they get in upstate New York from a from a point guard standpoint. Playing at Maris next year, could definitely see her playing right away. Uh, so they've played against that. They've played against that star in the front court in Indian Rivers, Adrian Lamora, who's going to Canisius next year. They haven't played against a team that's got both. Shamont's got both. The point guard and Peyton Graber, uh, high-level player, senior, she's been on varsity since seventh grade. She's like, I remember when she was in seventh grade, little like four eleven pipsqueak that used to like put my elbow up on her head, be like, "Hey, what's up, Peyton?" Now she's about <laughs> five eight, five nine. You know, spr- sprouted up a decent amount in her, in her high school days. Uh, she's she's been kind of the you know, the, the cornerstone of that program for the last few years. Uh, push, I believe she's, I think she could get to 2,000 career points in this general Brown game. I think she's not far, you know, I think she's maybe within a game's distance of that. Uh, potent scorer. She's been a potent scorer for a while. She's another kid that I think her next step that she's taken in the last 12 to 18 months is, transitioning from being a high level player to a winner, you know, to, to a leader of teammates, uh, making other players better, matching that energy on the defensive end, making that same sort of impact. And she's, she's a high level guard. And then they've got a high level front court presence in uh, Carissa Antone. So sophomore already division one offered kid, five eleven, plays like she's about six, three. She's got good length freak athlete like up towards up towards the rim sort of athlete uh those two work well together pick and roll situations two-player game chris's offensive skill set is expanding she can step out and knock down a three she take people off a dribble and their third kid which this is i didn't even i've known these kids forever right they're shamans in my backyard i've known these kids forever i didn't think about this until sunday they're, the kid that you would call the third option of their big three is a thousand point score, which it just, and that's that Haley Burchard, the, the senior that's also been up since seventh grade. But it's just kind of crazy to think about. Now, that's a kid that averages like a, she's, she's extremely important to the team. She's a glue kid. She fills a stat sheet. Uh, you take her off that team, they're nowhere near as good. But offensively, you would consider her the third of the big three. 
she's she's a thousand point scorer okay (laughs) but yeah that's that'll be an interesting matchup for general brown because they haven't seen both and shalmont is as even with a team let's say shalmont gets through uh general brown and and, uh waterloo gets through putnam valley waterloo's had some some tough non-league opponents shalmont's the most talented they've seen so that'll be that would be interesting. I'd be curious as to how that game would pan out. Definitely. That uh, General Brown, Shalmont, the uh, the two versus three in the state rankings. So uh, if uh, if Waterloo makes it there, they're certainly going to get one heck of a, a tough fight um, there as well. Um, and then now in here in Section 5, we do not have a Class D rep, our one section without, but we do want to give some love to the small schools. So um, you've got Franklin versus Sherman and then Copenhagen versus Hartford in those two matchups. If there's one thing you're kind of looking forward to watching, one really thing you're interested in seeing in, in this Class D, um, kind of what's, what, are you, uh, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, those games are Friday night. So what do you, what's, uh, what's kind of standing out in the Class D when you look at it? Oh, trying to narrow it down a little. Uh, <laughs> what's interesting to me is, it, just, just as an aside, I I wish, you know, I would have loved to see this. And this is this is nothing against Sherman at all. Uh, just it's the reality of the situation. I, I would have loved to see Copenhagen, Hartford, Franklin, and a Batavia Notre Dame team with Amelia McCulley. That would have made some, that would make some, some high level, probably about as high levels of, you know, four teams of Class D basketball as there, you know, as there has been since I've been doing this. But it, the fact that Notre Dame made it this made it to that point without Amelia all year, not with a knee injury, uh, that's a, you know, I, that was kind of a testament to them because I didn't see, you know, I was there. I, when Amelia play, got hurt playing AAU in July, when she went down, I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, her dad is the assistant coach of the team. Like, oh, oh, God, no. They're, I feel I feel terrible for the kid, and my God, they're going to be in trouble. No, I was at the D1 sectional final game last year where she dropped 30 to beat South Center. And, uh, but, you know, that's, they still, shoot, they made it to that point. They had a lead at half, and Sherman, Sherman kind of did what they do. Uh, just keeping teams, you know, they've they've done a really nice job defensively with the depth of athletes, and, and they held Notre Dame to five in the second half. That's that's kind of that's what Sherman's calling card has been. Uh, I'm curious. I think I'm probably more curious on the other side of the bracket with Copenhagen and Hartford because if you ask me before the season, who I thought would take the state title in Class D, I probably would have said Copenhagen. And they haven't done anything to make me say different, but this matchup's really tricky for them. You know, their their front court has been dominant for the last four years. Uh, Reagan Dahlrimple and Charlie Carroll, both of them legit six footers. They bring different things. You know, Reagan's a little bit more of a stretch kid. Charlie's a little bit more of a true five back basket. Uh, they've been able, especially in in the Class D ranks, nobody's had anything for them. You know, they've been able to either one, the other, or both has been able to dominate. 
And Hartford is the first time all year that they're going to bump into bigs they can mess with. And, you know, Hartford's got a, a lefty six-footer strong kid, Carly Nibbs, 1,000-point scorer. She's probably the most potent scorer of, of the group between the two teams. Uh, and they've got another forward, a little bit shorter, probably in like five ten range, Alana Dunda, that they're strong, they're tough, they're physical. Uh, this will be the stiffest challenge from, from a – Copenhagen front court standpoint of you know they they're gonna be physical they're 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 gonna root them out of the paint they're not afraid of the you know essentially the hand to hand combat in basketball so I'm curious as to how that's gonna shake out uh, so if I if I had to go with one thing it, it's the front court battle of Copenhagen Hartford how that's gonna shake out and I think that. You know, that'll go a long way. And does Copenhagen, I think Copenhagen's got very, Copenhagen probably had higher expectations. I think they both expected to be here. But I think Copenhagen maybe had some higher expectations coming in. Uh, do they live, do they get there? Or does Hartford crash the party? Yeah, so that'll we'll be uh... a... <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the Friday night slate uh, wrapping up after the, the A and the Double A's should be uh, one heck of a gay, day of basketball. I just saw you posted uh, your Class D uh, state previews. Uh, why don't you uh, plug a little what you got on the website coming up this week, uh, gearing up to this uh, big, uh, you know, <laughs> the biggest week of girls basketball here in New York? Yeah, I uh, before this year I switched over to you know, as far as the website goes, I had just kind of done blog stuff, which was just writing about stuff I was at when I had the time to. And before this season started, I kind of switched over to a more subscriber-based thing, uh, you know, as far as the writing goes. So I've dedicated some more time to the writing piece, to uh, making sure I, I save time to write about most of, you know, pretty much any, any game that I was at or reviews of the day or previews of, of the day to come. And this week, the main thing has been state final four previews of everything. So I, I put the D's up yesterday afternoon, I put the C's up last night. I haven't posted the B's yet, but the B's are done. They're already on the website. I just haven't linked it to Twitter or Instagram or anything yet, but that's all on the, I mean, the, the website is, is www.empirestatetakeover.com. Uh, social media, pretty much everything is Empire State Takeover except it, Twitter is NYS takeover, but uh, that character limits that character limits at its finest. But yeah, that's that's what's up over these next two or three days. Just the you know, this is this is a wrap for high school season at the end of this week. No federations. Uh, everybody's on to AAU and spring sports after this Sunday. So this is kind of the last hurrah. So these uh you know these few days of these few days are just kind of reflecting on what's left and i still i'm meaning to write something about far west i haven't got to it yet i was actually going to take a break after so i got the b's done i was actually going to do my far west thing before i got into the a's so i might do that today 
where I finally just put some, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, but just some notes and thoughts about what I saw at Far West and, and all that. But yeah, that's been each year I try to do something a little different. That's been eight, this is the eighth year on the girls' side. Uh, each year I try to do something a little different, whether it's add a add an event, like that's what, you know, add an event that I run or or change this or change that. This has been one of, you know, my big change of this year was switch over to subscriber site, try to focus a little bit more energy in the writing. And it's been fun. It's been an adjustment, but it's been fun. Got you, got you. Now, all of us back in second five, we appreciate all the coverage that you do. I know this week uh, when I was over at Rush Henrietta, seeing all of the work that you were doing helped me out in terms of uh, producing content and stuff like that. So we, we really do appreciate all the work that you do. It does not go unnoticed. Uh, but I had, really, I had a lot of fun doing this. I learned a lot uh, getting geared up for this weekend. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, AJ brought bad luck to the boys in Buffalo, so we didn't have any boys uh, headed up to States. But <laughs> you can see that uh, we got some girls teams, and they got to have some, uh, some formidable opponents and some stiff, some stiff tests coming up. So once again, I appreciate you. I know AJ does as well for you coming on and taking time out of your day. Uh, it was fun. It was really, really fun doing this. Thank you, my man. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to glad to be on. Glad to be a part of this. Uh, Section five basketball is in a good spot right now, so it's good to see him having success. And I'm glad I'll be able to see him in my backyard. Definitely. And uh, for all those listening, uh, especially in Section five, Carl's the one going out uh, to the state tournament. So he's not. I'm not bringing my bad luck over there. We had a lot of tough heartbreaks in uh, in, in uh, the boys' side, so uh, it'll be Carl going. So uh, so thanks, Jeff, for uh, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Be sure to cut over to uh, Empire State Takeover. Um, get all of this uh, get this great information. Um, does a real service to the girls' basketball here in New York State. Um, thanks once again, Jeff, for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. All right, once again, we want to thank Jeff for coming on the podcast for finding a lot of great insight for anybody coming out to the Albany area to uh, to Troy for the uh, the girls' final four. I know I talked to Karen Iglesias, our friend over at Primetime Ballers there. She, she stopped me at uh, Buff State. She's talking about how she listened to Mary Margaret Johnson's pod coming all the way back down to, to Buffalo, get her ready. I'm sure many people will be listening to this on their way to, uh, to, the, to the state final four. I know, um, you know, just really bringing the analysis there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of, ton of information. I mean, y'all want to know. I mean, obviously, he, he brought in, like, from way back. I mean, he, he talking, like, middle school or not seventh and eighth grade for a lot of these girls in the AAU circuit. So he clearly knows his information. I learned a ton. You know, I'm going to definitely go there while I'm shooting and have like a, a much better understanding of what's going on out there. I mean, I got to respect his hustle and his craft and I learned a ton for that. So for all those making a trip to upstate New York, this will be a great episode for y'all to, uh, uh, to listen to and get a, a great understanding of all things girl basketball. Yeah, definitely. Um, we appreciate you guys all for listening. Um, that'll do it for us here on the high school huddle podcast. Next week, we'll be recapping everything we saw, girls basketball, um, kind of putting a bow on the winter sports season. There are no federations this year, so uh, putting a bow on the winter sports season. Then we gear up for spring sports. Time's to get to some lax. Uh, we'll see, you know, if, we'll see if there's any sort of hiatus in the show. There might be a week off just because uh, we haven't gotten to, uh, you know, any of the spring sports left. Um, but it's coming around the corner. It's about, got about 55 out, uh, outside today. Spring has sprung. Uh, Spring sports are back, baby. Yes, sir. So I can't wait and just learned about hockey. Y'all can introduce me to this great lacrosse that y'all have up here in Section 5 in upstate New York. I can't wait. Y'all been talking about it ever since I got the job. 
time to show out and show me what y'all working with up here. I can't wait. It's a lot more goals. It's a lot warmer. As long as the weather ain't bad, but more rain. So that's the thing. You're going to shoot at least, it'll be like soccer. You're going to have a couple of uh, days like, oh my God. Luckily, they, they score quickly. Luckily, they score pretty quickly. Nothing so worse. We won't worry about the rain yet. We're going to, we're going to, you know, cross our fingers for that. Uh, that'll do it for us today on the High School Huddle Podcast. Once again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, RochesterFirst.com, and YouTube. We thank you for listening. We thank you for supporting. Feel free to share, like, comment, subscribe. You know, I don't know. Put an RSS feed up on us. I don't know how people get podcasts these days. But uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next week.